Vocal fam. Right. Hello. Buy the merch. Yeah, do it. It's still there. We still sell t-shirts. It's still there. Our renewals are coming up. It is happening. It's coming up this month. We want to keep Vocal Fry coming at you for free. Yep. So like We love you. We love you, Vocal Fam. Mugs. You know you want a t-shirt. You do know you want a t-shirt. And then someday, if you meet us, you can be like, hey, send my t-shirt. You don't have to do that. That might be weird. You also know you really want a mug. You do want a mug. It's about to get chilly. You're going to want to drink a hot beverage. You can like some tea. You could drink tea while you listen to our podcast once it's finally fall and not hot is like everything outside. You know, so you could drink tea. I love tea. Like whoever drinks tea. I love tea. Or you could drink coffee. Or hot chocolate. Like Sarah and I. I drink tea. I drink like all hot beverages. I'm a tea fanatic. You know how much tea I own? That's beside the point. You could drink tea or hot chocolate but. or coffee. Vocalfry.com. Click on the widgets. Go down to the merchandise tab. Do it. Or if you just Google Big Cartel Vocal Fry. Yeah, you'll find it there too. Take you right to the store. That's true. But uh, go get yourself a t-shirt. Support the Vocal Fam. Join the Vocal Fam. Do it. uh, And we'll love you guys forever. Yeah. Not like we We'll love you forever I was going to say, we already do, but. Yeah, we'll we'll love love you forever anyway. more. Nah. Just a smidge, don't you think? Yeah. Can I yeah, be bought? I can be. I can probably be bought a little. Yeah, that's but like it. only a little bit. Like I'd have to like you to begin with. Nah. All right, today's episode coming at you right up. Yeah. You're listening to the Vocal Fry Podcast. Your weekly dash of voice science, pedagogy, and pop culture. Coming to you from the fields of Trenzalore, where the doctor stands. Okay, Sarah. Yeah. Sarah, my mic is too hot. Mm, That's better. Well, listen. How's your week been? Good? pretty good my last weekend was really fun like i mean obviously like the david Tennant thing that friday we talked about that but then some friends came and visited and we went to the coke museum which whoa let me tell you that place is awesome that i would imagine especially if you drink coke uh yeah okay so oh yeah it's not as fun for you but whoa they have a room really this is honestly the only reason that i get excited about going there but they have an entire room where you can try all these products that Coke's make from around the Coke makes from around the world. There's like, you know, they have the dispenser machines and there's like a European station and an Asian station and an African station and it's all these crazy things and a lot of them are really good, but there's this one from Italy called Beverly. That thing is disgusting. Like it tastes horrible, but what's really fun is to stand and watch people who don't know how bad it tastes drink it. Because there's just this it, moment of just, like, honestly what is the What is the basic flavor? That's a great question. I, I don't actually know. I'll, I'll, I should Google that. I, I could see it being something like anise or... It tastes... Tamarind so or something like that. Bad. 
you know, in Cuban culture in Miami, they have two different soft drinks um, that are not common to the rest of the country uh, called jupina, which is a pineapple soda. Yeah. And then and then they have materba, which is like um, kind of like a malt soda. Okay. Like not like like in other words like a beer soda almost. Oh, you know it's funny. That's what oh, I googled the Beverly soda, and that's a basically I think what this is supposed to be. It's the flavors are bitters and citrus. It says it's a popular like non-alcoholic drink made to like mimic alcohol. The closer you get, the better it is. Oh, fine, yeah, but it um basically it, yes. it tastes terrible. It tastes that's great. Absolutely terrible. Well, I'm sure. Yeah, I I will say Matera about when I've tried it. Like my nephews drink it, yeah. I and my and so does my brother-in-law. Well, at least one of my brother-in-laws does. I I can't I can't stomach this stuff. I I've tried it and I yeah. Well, there were a mm-mm. lot of others that were really good, not necessarily along those lines, but just different sodas that they make. Like there was a Mexican soda that was really good, and then sure. there was one there was an Asian one that was called Frosty Melon, and I had I tried it just because it was a weird name. Is it like cantaloupe? I don't know. I don't. It did have a very melony taste. I don't eat cantaloupe, so that's why I don't know. Um, uh, maybe honey. Maybe honeydew. It, it kind of was similar to honeydew, but it also like the frosty part. I don't know. It it tasted really good actually. And there was one that made me laugh. That it was a uh, another of the Asian ones. It was called Thumbs Up, but it was spelled T H U M S. There was no B. I don't know why. Um, uh. But it actually tasted. Oh, pretty good too. But it was just fun to like try all the different things and basically came home in a sugar coma and just kind of like slept on and off for the next like that hour seems, and a half. That, 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 seem, that seems right. Yeah. Well, well, let me tell you okay, let's hear it. Lean on me. about under, undergraduate pedagogy let's yesterday. Hear it. I'm ready. So as you know, we've entered listening. All right. So we spent a good bit of time, as, 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 as one does, breaking down sort of just ideas of stylistic appropriateness yeah. at first, right? Okay. Okay, so that, that, that was fine. And of course, I used my Cynthia Erivo singing Still Hurting, and everyone thinks yeah. it's stylistically inappropriate. And then I'm like, you're arguing with someone that Jason Robert Brown hired to sing his own song and is largely regarded as one of the best female singers on Broadway. And it's, and everyone thinks it's stylistically inappropriate because they're not considering where it comes in the show. They're not considering the emotional state. They're not considering. Yeah. Anyway, things were not considered. And because some of them also don't know Broadway styles At in all. general. Yeah, that, that sounds right. That sounds right. And that's not their fault. No, I'm um, but that led us into a lovely sort of conversation about like, you know, responsibility of maybe only teaching styles which you're familiar with, true. and that you know enough to teach about. That's true. And I use the example that I don't teach country singers because I don't know any of their repertoire. Love country music. Love right like i and i even told them i said i have lots of friends who absolutely adore country music obviously millions and millions of people who listen to country music aren't wrong yeah well you grew up in like pennsylvania i mean what? where country music was incredibly popular was it really well maybe you were just i weird. just don't i just don't like it okay so you're the weird guy oh, i get it i am uh i well i am a weird guy well. that is true <laughs> no country music is just 
way of life. <laughs> right. But anyway, that's not what I was going to say about that. Uh, so... So we, we, we were finishing, you know, our talk about stylistic, stylistic appropriateness, whatever. Of course, you know, we used other things like the the famous Brian Adams Pavarotti singing O Sole Mio. Yes, yes. Right. Which, you know, I, I actually brought up an interesting point about that this year. I said, you know, to be completely honest, I'm not convinced that Pavarotti singing O Sole Mio is really what Di Capua, who wrote that song, really intended either. Yeah. You know, yeah. because he would have been a popular street singer kind of song yeah. thing. And Pavarotti is all fancy Classical opera house Italian opera. singing. Oh, yeah. I mean, it would have probably, to an untrained listener, sounded more like opera than Michael Bolton does when he's yeah. singing Nessun Dorma. I wonder but if it's more like, if a more accurate sound would be kind of like the Il Devo group, you know, those kind of singers. Possibly. That a lot of Possibly. people not familiar with classical music would be like, oh, a classical singer, you know, the Josh Grobins of the world. I actually think um, probably uh, very similar to, there's a great video floating around of Juan Diego doing an encore at a concert yeah. with accompanying himself with a guitar. Oh. I have a feeling that's probably the sound that Di Capua probably had in mind. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh... So anyway, so we were finishing stylistic appropriateness. Yes. I had started that on Tuesday. Yes. And we were finishing that yesterday. And the next thing that McCoy has in his chapter one on listening is uh, is is bright dark. Okay. Okay. And so you, you broke him a little there. Let's hear it. <laughs> so I had some very interesting observations out of them right away. Okay that I think are worth reiterating just as ideas that, that come across. One of them said that there was sort of the idea that just lower pitches are dark and higher pitches are bright. I get, I get that. Well, I mean, from a psychoacoustics point of view... Yeah. I mean, low-pitched frequencies are warm, are warm and, and dark. Higher-pitched frequencies close. are bright. Yeah. Now, of course, one student um, said that bright meant forward and ba- and dark meant back. Of course. Of course. I would have been very, shocked and, if no one had said that. And that was a very good opportunity for me to start to introduce the idea of singer words to them. Yeah. As one as one does. Oh yeah. Sorry, I'm trying to keep my computer from going to sleep. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> the the uh, the other computer. Yeah. And uh so so I I we we did that and you know started playing them some recordings just of of, of people and Started with a a very bright recording of Luigi Alva singing Echo Ridente. It's very bright. And okay. so, like, to hear a tenor with a bright timbre was not shocking to anyone. No, that's, that's fairly typical. Or, yeah, no, that's just typical. Yeah. And then we listened, and then we li- listened to uh, a recording of. Leonard Warren singing Eri Tu from Unballo. Okay. And 
I immediately got mixed reactions. Okay. When a when a sort of classical singer or any general listener usually hears Leonard Warren, whether it's just because it's a baritone or whether it's because a lot of people would classify Leonard Warren's tone as having a dark character. I but what was interesting is I immediately got a mixed reaction. Okay. One per one there were two people who said one thought it was very dark. Okay. And one who actually thought it was kind of bright. Interesting. Did they say why? Like what it was that made them Thank well, the one who thought it was dark just thought it was kind of muffly and whatever. Somebody else just said, well, it's a baritone, so it just sort of sounds dark. Okay. Okay. I mean, that's, Very... along, that's along the same lines of just being like, oh, lower stuff is darker, you know? Sure. And that's a valid thing. Uh, but then, without telling them anything what I was playing for them, yeah. I played them a phrase that they had just listened to, Yeah. but just of the singer's formant cluster. Oh, yeah. And they were like, I said, is that sound bright or dark? They were like, oh, well, that that's bright. That's a bright. Uh, that uh, well, that's kind of weird recording quality. What is that? <laughs> <You> know, whatever. <laughs> and and like, so then, the right. So then, I I played them just his 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 fundamental. Okay. Again, without uh, the same phrase, the exact same phrase. So you phrase. were never telling them like, "Oh, this is a part of his voice or whatever." You're just like, "Oh, he no, 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 know no, the no. recording guy." Yes. And they're like, "This is some weird stuff." Because I'm a terrible person. Yeah, you are. That's mean. And so then, same phrase of Leonard Warren singing Eddie Two of just the fundamental. Now there's some orchestral noise in there, of course. Oh my god. And now they're starting to like get the idea of like that they're listening to the, the same, same thing, thing over and over. Yeah, and you're just taking parts of it. And they're like, well the recording of that's kind of weird, but yeah, because because of the recording equipment it sounds kind of dark. Oh, that's interesting that they started trying to like kind of justify like they're trying to find some reason to explain it. Right. Yeah. So then I just had it repeating those few seconds oh over gosh. and over again. And I clicked back in the full spectrum of sound. And then I went back to the singer's format cluster and just played them that and yeah. added everything back in. And guys, if you don't have Voce Vista Video Pro or Voce Vista Video, the new version with frequency filters, you don't need the pro version. Just get the Voce Vista Video. You need to be having frequency filters for listening to your singers just vocal fam this is for you <laughs> we've said it before uh, yeah i mean it's very, very we'll keep useful. saying it again but the, the the amazing thing is how much that singer's format cluster then persisted in their ear yeah that bright or how much the warmth persisted in their ear of the fundamental yeah i guess that makes sense just depending on what they're focusing on Right, but but then they were immediately aware that they could hear both. That there is the brightness and the darkness. We did go into uh, a little uh, bit of talk about uh, some of the things that are going to be coming out, and, and I'll cite Chadley on this, and I know he and Ian and Kayla are, are working on... Uh, some things with vibrotactile response and and bright dark etc cetera, etc cetera, um that that is in coming forth at some exciting things yeah. um that can't be announced yet or some things just any some things some anyway things. 
they're so working nice. on this, but there's some interesting there's some interesting things that they're doing in terms of bright, dark, sort of chiaro scuro, and what part of the vocal tract is actually producing that or perceiving it, oh, cool. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I, I, I think sort of the take home is that, uh, as I've said for years, that your true sense of chiaro comes from your scuro in most great male classical singing. And uh, we know that, that the singer's formant cluster basically happens in the epilarynx. So if that's the case, especially if your darkness comes from the front of your vocal tract. Yeah. There are some really important pedagogic applications there with that. But anyway, so I was flipping that on their head with them. They left sort of like with their minds opened a little bit. Good, good. Particularly because then at the very end, I played them a recording of Giacomini. Yeah. Who, to a native listener, sounds like the darkest tenor you've ever heard. In fact, sounds like a baritone until all of a sudden he's singing a high B flat. And then their ears were con- their ears were confused just by the fact that all of a sudden this baritone was singing a high B flat. Yeah, I was like, no, this is a tenor. Uh-huh. Then I confused their ears even more when I just kept playing his singer's format cluster, and then you start persistently perceiving Giacomini as an inherently bright voice. Yep, I think you have thoroughly confused them. Um, <laughs> they're probably just walking around wondering what's bright, what's dark. Are they bright? Are they dark? Do they have any of the things you talked about? I mean, do they even know what? That's where I wanted them after yesterday. Yet? They. That's what I know. I. I didn't even use that word. Or not format. Not singer format. No, is that what? Yeah, I'm singers format. Yeah, singers what, format cluster. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Uh, for a minute, my brain went like bloop. No, you were right. I didn't even. I didn't even bring up that word. I didn't use any of these words. We just used bright and dark. Yeah, I mean, that's probably We We did op- say words like high and low frequency. That's that's probably optimal. Like, that. that's... Start with it on terms that they do know, that they're a little right. familiar with. But what really sort of threw them on their heads also was the female examples that we listened to. Yeah. Like, I played them an example of, of, of um, Christa Ludwig, mm. you know, singing Mahler. Yeah. But even up to the pitch of F, it's so it's just so fundamental dominant yeah. throughout throughout the whole range uh, that they were they they started to hear it even though it was a mezzo they were like wow that's perceptually darker than the men we were just listening to yeah. uh, and th- and then we listened to Edita singing um, uh, the some of the high extreme highs of of Cerbinetta mm. and uh, a- a- and and perceptually even hearing a lot of her fundamental area now it's getting a brighter timbre because she's singing frequencies that are sailing way above c5 i was gonna say if they're just high like and they're just sitting in that area that's all just basically e then well we we did go the whole way up to the high f sharp i mean it was part of the yeah it went the whole way to the then it definitely makes sense yeah so, but it was interesting. It was interesting that that that. that but even in Adidas Low, they were perceiving her voices a little bit darker, mm. just perceiving that timbral balance because it was fundamental driven yeah. and the pitch was lower. So, it was very interesting. It was very very interesting. Um, None of them have fallen into any sort of vortex yet. No, in fact, one of them who I've actually been using these principles in his voice lessons. Ah. Uh. Um, he, I, I, you know, at, at one point he said to me, I've got so much to go home and think about. Right? That's the thing. It's like you kind of just have to process it. Like when you first 
like there's all this these new concepts thrown at you and it just it's a totally new way of seeing the world it's like if you're colorblind and all of a sudden you get those glasses right yeah yeah we have a dear friend i have a dear friend uh uh, who's uh, one of their children just got glasses, didn't even realize they needed glasses, and they just got glasses. And it's like, you know, I think one of their comments that, that they posted was that something like they could all of a sudden see definition of leaves. I saw trees. that. I saw that post. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, first of all, wonderful for their for the, oh, for yeah. the child. But it's funny um, that, like, if you don't know you're not, that you're missing out on something, then, like, you just, you have no idea until all of a sudden, you know, this kid gets glasses and is like, oh, you mean everybody right. else can see this? Right. And of course, I've ended, ended, ended class with playing just a little snippet of Eden Espinosa singing the high A in Brooklyn as one does. Of course. And, just nonchalant. And, just drop that And just out letting there. them, and well, just letting them hear the good old sound engineer mid-range of 5 to 10K yeah. and how much that persists in the sound and... Just, just had to you know. sprinkle that in. Well, I mean, you know, multiplistic styles. That's uh, true. That's true. You're there to teach it all. Uh, you know, we're just, we're just, we're just trying to teach people how to help people sing better. You know, well, and they and need to know because that—that's what they're gonna probably be teaching. Indeed. Like. Indeed. You know, I, I may have spent the majority of my time studying classical singing, but that's not what I'm teaching. <laughs> What are you teaching nowadays, Sarah? How to how to have girls sing higher than C five? Yes, yes, I am. <laughs> well, um, that and let's, they just let's just they just want a belt. They all just want a belt, and that's great. And that's all they want to do. And I'm like, that's great, but like you gotta have options. Most songs don't just exclusively stay in a range where like that's your only option, especially at this age. Also, like. I'm like, you're just limiting yourself. You just need to be able to sing in head voice or mix. That's the thing. Some of them don't even want to go into mix. And I'm like, "Uh, that's pretty necessary. Like, I I told them it's like if you only ate, like, vanilla ice cream or something, you know? Like, you need to have different flavors, different emotions. or if you wanted to sing the song Vanilla Ice Cream. Or, look, we haven't even gotten to that. <laughs> well, but the head voice, I was just, anyway. I honestly, like, had completely forgotten about that song. But now, who knows? <laughs> One of these kids might be might be picking it up. It's, it's hard. I just say, no, no one's to that point yet, but in the future. Plus, I'm honestly mostly, like, as far as private lessons going, teaching middle schoolers. And so... Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like that's something maybe when they get into high school they could do. But all that being said, I am not teaching anybody how to sing classically at all. Because there's just no there's just no interest. And like, and there you have it. Well, and it's part of the thing also of like, they're not in college. These aren't mandatory lessons. Like, right. I can't really force them to learn to do something that they don't want to do because then they'll just quit. Right. So... This is Whatever. this is the part. This is exactly the part, in a way, of again we mentioned it last week, but of Kari Reagan's uh, evidence-based voice pedagogy, that student expectations and outcomes yeah. is part of the Venn diagram. No, it's major. Like I, I asked, based everybody that I've taught both privately and like in um, my little ensemble groups, I asked. I was like, you know, what are you expecting out of this year? Out of like our working relationship because 
even if I, I'm not going to necessarily exclusively devote what I do to that. I want to make sure that it is addressed and that they are, you know, achieving some of the goals that they had in mind. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. Because again, they, they could just leave and then I would be sad and unemployed. Ex- ex- exactly. So, folks, you have to consider. It doesn't mean that your students always know best. That's I've told that's very that's a very different sentence one of my little ensemble groups I have told them literally every time we've met multiple times no you're not gonna sing Hamilton no you're definitely not gonna sing Heathers (laughs) they wanted to sing a song from Heathers and I was like no no there's literally nothing in that musical that's appropriate for you (laughs) I assumed that maybe Mean Girls or Hades Town might be the two that uh... no they're wanting to sing Six Mean or not Mean Girls, Six, Heathers, and Hamilton. And I'm like, all of those are wildly inappropriate for you. So hard pass. Work, work. Work, work. They're like, but what about Burn? And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Are are you married and your husband's cheated on you in very explicit ways? No. I mean, I didn't say that to them, but but, but at the same time. And there it is. There it is. Like, Um, So for the last couple of weeks, Vocal Fam, along with school starting... Ah, yes. Goodness gracious. Let me, oh, sorry. Since I brought that up. (sighs) Sarah, (laughs) this week I was where you were last week. Oh, the first full week of just. With six or seven new students. It's exhausting. It's just exhausting. It is. It's all the talking. Mm Mm-hmm. And... And then Tyler and I tried to rehearse in the middle of the week, and we still got our rehearsal done on the cycle, at least, that we're doing on the song cycle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just, I could not, I had to, I actually, we didn't get enough time on the one that's the most difficult movement, because I just, I was like, I don't have enough voice to do this right now. That's the other thing. I don't think I fully realized what a toll it takes just on my, like, voice and just the exhaustion of my voice doing all these lessons and stuff yeah because even if i'm like well and see that's the thing like i don't want to sing at them but they're they're so young and new to it that there's so many times that i'm having to to sing with them or at them or specifically i have several students that are coming to me like because they just want to learn how to sing on pitch like i literally have a student who just they're like i'm a little tone deaf and i want to sing on pitch and i really have to sing with with those students yeah, there are some good resources out there on teaching those people. You should I should find probably those cause do a little research on that. Yeah, there's also a great. Did I ever show you that song that I'm tone deaf? Yes, didn't Sally Kay sing that? From oh yes, that's right, Sally Kay sang it. Yeah, yeah, that song's right. hysterical. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Probably not a great song to actually give to someone tone deaf. That would be hilarious. But the only people I've ever seen do it are people who I know to be good musicians. That's the thing. Like that's not an easy song. I think I've looked no. at the sheet music. So again, not great. That's the other thing. I didn't realize how picky I was going to need to be with my music choices for them. Like repertoire is everything. I know it it's is. Not, it's not. It's and not, folk. Van, vocal fam is not. It's not everything. It's not everything, but it is really important because I specifically like. I thought I had picked a song that was really basic, limited range, blah blah blah, but. But I just didn't even consider it was not like 
predominantly stepwise motion, and that's where I right. and I ended up having to just find a totally different song. Also, I don't think we we can politically correctly say the word basic anymore in general. Can we not? Okay. I I think I think it's one of those words that that it's has been too, taken away from. It's, it's too basic. It, it it has too many connotations, negative I think so. associations. I, I, I think it's one of those words, and yeah. I'm not making a joke about anything. I really think it's become one of those words that like you just can't say to people anymore. You really can't. All that you can't say it to people. Even though it is a perfectly descriptive word people, in the English language, I've noticed, um, especially like on social media and stuff, there is kind of a movement to take it back a little bit. I don't know if you probably take back the word basic. Yeah, well, not in the way you're thinking, but like all it had come to be negative, especially with girls. Just the idea of being Which, a basic it, right. white it girl. Just, right, and and other things. But like that. I've yes. been noticing, and I probably get more like of these articles popping up on my timeline just because. Of, okay. of my demographic, or you know, and so I've actually been seeing a sur- surge in articles and memes and things of girls just kind of almost proudly being like, "What's wrong with liking my pumpkin spice latte?" Like, yeah, I'm basic and it's great. Like, excuse me for <laughs> liking this stuff. Like, kind of stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, good. Yeah. Like, I mean, anybody anybody can like a pumpkin spice latte, as far as I'm concerned. I actually don't, but. But you know what I mean? Like, I, I've just seen a bunch you, of articles. You don't like pumpkin spice lattes? I don't. I'm not a huge pumpkin fan. Or sp- I just want chocolate, basically. Like, why would I drink I, something ew. with all these spices and pumpkin when, like, I could have chocolate? Now, you can put that like, seems, fruit with the chocolate. That, seem, that seems Or, right. like, if you want to put some, like, cinnamon with my chocolate, that's fine. But I right, don't want a nasty pumpkin. Oh, gosh. Vocal fam, I was really hoping Sarah was going to be able to hear these sound samples, but um, apparently she's not. Alas. Um, we've been talking about Plomp the last few weeks, and I'm sort of still in chapter two. I left it. But I just, I, I just wanted, I just wanted to use a couple of sound samples uh, that you're going to be able to hear that Sarah's not. No. Um, that are some good examples to describe some things that he talks about in the chapter called timbre and pitch. Um, musicians, of course, think about pitch and they think, oh, well, the fundamental is the pitch, right? Well, maybe. Well, maybe. (laughs) Um, the search for pitch, as he calls it, has been a long and storied history. I'm going to play vocal fam the same pitch twice. Here it is once. Where did it go? I see. I honestly didn't even know that oh, you didn't play. Wait, hold on. I need to mute you for a second. Fine. Oh no, actually, Sarah, I can sort of hear you still. Delightful. So here, here it is, vocal fam again. So there's a complex tone, and here's another one. Now. What's very interesting about those two noises is it's actually the same frequency with the same harmonic series, except I've actually boosted the fundamental and the third and the fifth and the seventh harmonic in this one. So you hear the pitch an octave lower. And here's the second one, which you actually almost hear the pitch an entire octave higher. 
But if your ear is keen, it will actually pick up the fundamental, particularly if I raise the level of it. And now you hear it. And even if I lower it, it probably persists. There you can probably hear it. But that's actually the same harmonics as that. It just has a different distribution in the strength of the harmonics. Now, if I take that same thing and actually make the harmonics all the same strength, that's the noise you get. If I completely eliminate the fundamental from that, you honestly probably still hear the same pitch. And that refers to, of course, the mysterious missing fundamental phenomenon. So the fundamental's not exactly as simple a phenomenon, or a pitch is not as simple as a phenomenon as it's the fundamental. This is one you know quite well, Sarah. Well, yeah. Uh, okay, so then I have one more. And it, res it involves timbre. Now, technically, the timbre of those two noises I just played was different. But when we hear a singing voice, what do we see on Voce Vista, Sarah, when, when, when we see particularly a classical singer sing? What do we see in addition to hot zones? What else do we see? The, like, dampened areas? Exactly. We see attenuations as well. That's the word. <laughs> so in... In these two examples, what I've done is, again, I'm gonna play the same pitch, okay? And I just have different harmonics that are strong and different harmonics that are weak, okay? So here's the first one. And that was that same pitch you were actually just hearing. Now here's a different version of that same pitch. with an instinctively different timbre. Now, if I actually layer the two on top of each other, it takes on an even different character, which you can then actually separate out for yourself. Uh, if you want to know how we did that, if you just open Mata, get rid of the resonances uh, or formants, get rid of uh, the vibrato rate uh, and all that kind of stuff, and then just play with the uh, strength or decibel level of your harmonic series. And in, in, that, in the first one, this one, I have a very strong first and second harmonic and a very strong seventh and eighth harmonic. In this one, I have a flat fundamental with a very strong second, sixth, and 10th harmonic. So anyway, the point is you can very easily hear the timbre changes that in a way occur when resonance happens, but just from no resonance happening and just from strength of harmonics being weak or strong in different places. Makes sense. Yeah, Let I can't plug. hear anything you've been doing, so... Mm. I don't know, this is forced, this is going to force me, this is going to have to be an episode I listen to. Because I'll admit, I don't listen to every episode we record, just because... Sarah, don't admit that to the I vocal fam. It. I live these conversations. I... 
But I do listen to some, but this will have to be one I listen to because I missed like half of it. So what you're saying is, Sarah, you lived Michael chewing on pistachios. Yes. You think I was going to voluntarily like put myself through that again? No. <laughs> Not interested. I don't remember. I have no memory of what episode that was. Normally, I can like call episode titles out, but it was one there where was... we were talking about Avengers. But that could be a lot. Yeah, right. There was an episode in season one where Michael decided to chew pistachios, oh and the best way to describe it was chewing pistachios at Sarah. He was. I was. Ooh, ooh it was annoying. I, I was about to come unglued. That was the first Misophonia episode. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Yes. Remember yes. those good old days? Well, and it's funny because, like, don't think that that was, you know, exclusive to the podcast. Like, he would do that in class, too. Oh, well, yes. There was a, yeah. yes. My, our, our good former co-host, sometimes co-host Michael, uh, he loved bringing food to class. Which was usually fine, but sometimes Cause, it was Because he usually food. brought food to share. That's true. He did usually bring food to share. He, he was good like that. He brought cheese dip. I love cheese dip. <laughs> cheese dip, tacos. I think I just like dairy. No, see, like tacos, like I can take them or leave them. But like, give me some dairy, cheese, chocolate. I'm set. Anyway, I wanted to play those sound examples because I think some of the concepts that Plomp talks about in regards to timbres. And I mean, if you, it's just one thing to just say, well, the strength of the harmonics and the overlaying of the harmonics on the fundamental will determine the timbre yeah. because it determines the waveform. And it's one thing to just assume that. And it's another thing to hear it and go, oh, right. Okay, so that's what timbre is. That sound sounds different. Well, that is, I think, probably one of the drawbacks of a book about listening and about sound is that <laughs> you, you obviously cannot hear a book. And, you know, you, you, he has all these figures that are, like, visual, but, but again, it just lacks. So what you're sound. saying is what the world really needs is an audiobook version of the plomp with sound signals built in. Yes, or, you know, like an ebook, but where when you click on the figure, it takes you to... Sound or it has bite. the sound bite, something or a like YouTube that. Vid- yeah, a like YouTube it has YouTube link. inserted, like you know, you almost like it's a YouTube link, and you can click, click, and you can watch and hear it. Like that's that what it really be... needs. But that's like next level. That's expensive. And, and neither of us are doing that. No, I'm not doing that. That's also probably no. like cost more than like the profit one would get from such a book. Oh, I'm thinking that's definitely without with a hundred percent assurity that's the case yeah so that is why we ended up with with this glorious blue book yep Yep. i don't even know i'm i have no words for it but yeah Yeah. i moved on i left chapter two behind i was like maybe chapter three is gonna make more sense and it did well we'll we'll talk about chapter three next week i'm sorry yours truly had a rough week no i totally understand i will like just Say so you probably like chapter three made a lot more sense to me, but it wasn't even like because at first you was like, oh yeah, you're getting used to the language or whatever. Nah, it's basically just like a totally different topic. I like it, and so it, it's not so much that I'm like any better at getting this guy. It's just that this was an easier topic. <laughs> okay, very good. In my opinion, you may be I like look forward to. Nuts, but... Nah, nah, you're probably. You're I mean, like, I'm right. nuts, but maybe not in this 
particular instance. Well, that's a different. That's a different that's story. A, different. Road that's a different. To go down. Uh, we'll leave that that's be. Di- that's a different thing. Uh, Stick it in the corner. Yeah. Just leave it there. Yeah. yeah. Let's just. Let's just <laughs> anyway. Don't poke that. Nah. Um. So. So I don't think we had any massive news this week on anything. Um, Not really. There were some cool trailers that dropped this week uh, for some stuff. But, uh, well, you know, it's fall. Everybody's trying to, like, get the thing Actually ready. made. Yeah. You, know what I'm, what I'm, you know what I mean? Like, well, and honestly, I, it's kind of convenient because, like, I, I really don't have time to look at all that. Like, if a bunch of trailers had dropped this week, I probably would have totally – or. I would have missed any big news that had dropped this week because I was consumed with. I relearned how to use uh, Sibelius this week. Oh, ooh, oh. Oh, I know. It wasn't exciting, but necessary because music notation softwares are not my favorite thing. It it was. It's not mine either. But I I needed it to make like some listening tracks for students because. I don't have time. Like, we only meet once a week for, like, an hour, and I don't have time to really sit and just teach each part their notes. Here's a question uh, that I don't know the answer to because I have not used a music notation software in forever. Yeah. Can one just play on an electric keyboard and it will pick up, pick it up, up what you played? You can, actually. Um so I have the free version, and so I'm also not fancy enough to have a keyboard that... So you either need, like, an electric keyboard that you can actually, like, plug to... Hook up to your computer, and yeah. you can play the notes in. That's, like, I think the ideal way. Or there is actually a software where I could play the notes on my, like, upright piano, and it would pick it up. But I haven't downloaded that. Oh, my gosh, I can't say words. I haven't downloaded that because I think to get, like the version that I would really need that would work optimally. I think it costs money. <laughs> and So if Sibelius would like to sponsor the Vocal Fry yeah. podcast. I think it's Avid that does their stuff. Okay, so if Avid would like to sponsor the Vocal Fry podcast. Let me know. I'll, I'll figure out how to use your ultimate version that costs money. Right. You just give it to me. It seems like it has a lot of cool like tools and things. I just, I'm using it for very basic needs you can't say that word oh simple. right simple simple foundational foundation ah mm, is that better vocabulary vocabulary words sometimes i have those sometimes i don't like it really just that's, depends on the day that seems even foundational seems even related related to fundamental right i'm just really and getting so, in there and so now we brought it back can i just Come tell you that around. that that empress and i are in a show hole what do you mean we're we're between shows and we're having a very difficult time deciding what to venture into now. Oh, see. Because I have to confess, we we watched the trailer for Dark Crystal. I know a lot of people are hot on Dark Crystal right now. Yeah. I can't get by the puppet thing. I could get that. I I could see that being hard. If I'm being honest, Jamie and I haven't watched anything in like two or three weeks because we're in a um, World of Warcraft hole. World of Warcraft classic dropped, and I saw we've literally saw, just been playing that. I saw a meme this today of like somebody being like, uh, 
What were the things? World of Warcraft is the biggest game in the world again. It is because uh, they dropped classic. Da- Dave Dave Chappelle is everywhere again. Uh, and, and something else. Uh, uh, and the the mid two thousands are back. They essentially are. That being said, um, that's horrifying. The mid two thousands just happened. They didn't need to come back. No, no. Oh, okay. So I had my first like, ooh, I'm older than y'all moment this week. Speaking of like, those just happened. Your first. The school I work at, like, they're gonna do Into the Woods Junior as their musical this year. And one student was saying that like she had never seen it, but she liked some of the music. I was like, oh well, like, didn't you see the movie when it came out? She's like, I mean, there's like one that came out when I was little, and I was like, that was just like four years ago. And she was like, yeah, I was like eight, and I was like. Ooh, oh, this is my first moment. Like, to me, I'm like, yeah, that, like, just happened. What do you mean you haven't seen that? And for her, it's like that was a third of my life ago or a quarter of my life ago. What are you talking about, lady? A third of my life. I was right the first time. But, yeah, in, uh, I had that in moment. Depart- in departmental recital this week, I used the Morpheus meme of... What if I told you the answer was in the syllabus? Yeah, did they not get it or something? Well, I explained it. I assumed that most of them would not. Yeah. And uh, I was like, listen, you need to know who this is because they're making a fourth movie. Honestly, I wouldn't have been surprised if they had known just because Keanu Reeves has made such a comeback. Oh, I know. I know. Like, I can see them being like, oh, yeah, I've totally watched Oh, that's the guy in the Keanu Reeves movie. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, but I'm um, back to World of Warcraft, vocal fam. If anyone out there is playing classic, oh gosh, and they want to hit me up. Like I got four people in my group, and we need a fifth one so we can just run dungeons. Let me know. Really being a nerd here, I'm putting it out there. All of these are words, but you have to be good, okay? And some scrubs. of them probably make sense to someone who's someone listening. Someone out there knows what I'm saying. They know if they're a scrub or not. None of these words are making sense to me. Ah, I get it. That didn't make sense to me like six months ago, but it's actually fun. And I think the reason we're so into it right now is that you can play and you can like, you, we do voice chat. And so it's kind of a way like we play with some friends from like, well, one of them's from Clinton, but one of them's actually like Jamie's friend in Colorado. And it's kind of a way to hang out with friends almost. I get but it. Not. So we've been doing that. I get lot. it. Yeah. Back well, at way back in the early internet days. So I'm going to out myself here on this. All right. Uh, some buddies of mine and I used to do that in like MSN Gaming Zone and we would play spades online. Amazing. Uh, Spectacular. You basically just went on to see if you, either you could hustle the table or if the table was going to hustle you. It was basically... Uh, I get that. Basically how that went down. I get that. Yeah. The internet has always been a strange and confusing place it still is getting weirder by the day because okay so let me tell you the world of warcraft classic thing when you say like we're back in the early 2000s it's world of warcraft classic is literally they just dropped like the original version of the game like with all of the like gross stuff that you know all of these updates later they slowly like fixed or changed things to make it easier and people are like, nah, I want the original. And so that's what it is. Like, that's what people are playing is like the original re-released game. That seems right. So it's literally those early 2000s just come back to haunt you. We just finished the 90s, right. time for the 2000s. Oh my god! Some of which I don't want, like, 
there were a lot of things in the early 2000s uh, I could live without ever happening again. This is how I felt when things from the 90s came back. This is how I felt when things from the 80s came back. Yeah. Uh, funny it's enough, it's not how I felt in the 90s when stuff from the 70s came back. Interesting. Because I hadn't been around to experience that the first time. That's the thing. The 90s stuff didn't super bother me because even though I was alive, I was like four, five. Like, I, I don't really remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Well... Next next Wednesday in departmental recital, I'm playing for the students a recording of John Adams on the transmigration of souls in memory of 9-11 because none of them were alive when 9-11 happened. No, none of the freshmen. Okay, I was going to say, I was like, that can't be true for all of them. None of the freshmen were alive when 9-11 happened. That's so weird to me. I mean, yeah. not that I, like, super remember 9-11, but, like, I was exactly. alive. Like, it's still, like, I, I just remember the effect it had and things like that, but. Yeah. Anyway, Sarah, what'd you have for breakfast? I had Greek yogurt that had Were there chocolate Reese's chips in, in it? it? Ah, there it is. I was going to try, like, I was like, should I leave it out? But I knew that that was, like, saying Greek yogurt, like, that's way too healthy for me. Yeah, there was chocolate in it. Of course there was <laughs> yes, chocolate Yes, I had, I had, I had Greek yogurt with prunes. Blech. That's so <laughs> gross. Well, that's what David Tennant on his podcast said he had for breakfast. It's gross was for a, him, Was a bite of, a bite of, a bite of granola prunes and greek yogurt yes he looks like that's what he had for breakfast <laughs> and i mean i love him but it, that, that's still a sad breakfast like how, how tall was he by the way he looked like he was taller than both of y'all taller than me i don't know everyone everyone is <laughs> people are like oh were they tall like sure yeah of course if they're like six and in- most people are six inches or more taller than me therefore most people i'm like oh yeah they were tall Right. If you're like five foot eight and you felt short your whole life, like come hang out with me because I'll be like, what are you talking about? This guy's a giant. Can you reach that on the shelf? Because I can't. <laughs> That's probably one exactly. of the most frustrating things about my apartment is the cabinets are really high and then the shelves in them are really, like, I just, I cannot reach them. I can reach like the bottom shelf onto the top cabinets, but it's a stretch. Like I can see how that's annoying. I got to go for it. It is annoying. It is really okay. annoying. I get it. <sighs> All right, Vocal Fam, next week we promise we'll have some announcements. And Plomp. Uh, huh, and Chapter 3 of Plomp. It's going to happen. So definitely some, three. definitely some Vocal Fry news next week yeah. and Chapter 3 of Plomp, okay? Woohoo! All right, Vocal Fam, right. peace out. Sarah, don't go anywhere. I won't. Here Bye. we go. Ready? You ready to sync? Yeah. And go.